This is an American Crimecast production. Visit us at accproductions.org. And remember, everyone is innocent until proven guilty in the court of law. On November 29, 1980, a storm was brewing, tearing through the small town of Duncan in the southern part of Vancouver Island. He then got in his pale blue 1972 Datsun pickup and was never heard from again. By morning, talk of Taylor's disappearance started to spread in the community. He collected and read books about UFOs, figuring out what made the machines fly and perform various impossible maneuvers. By the late 70s, he had spent half a year constructing a life-size spaceship. Inside, he spent nights trying to decipher how flying saucers were powered. Then one day, he revealed to a friend that he had received a telepathic message from an extraterrestrial. A few days later, the voice returned and agreed to take him on a trip through the solar system. Regardless, one thing remains. No one has ever heard from Granger Taylor since he left. All these years later, they still haven't found his car or any traces of him. And so it appears he simply vanished into thin air. All right, this is Mysterious Circumstances, and I'm your host, Justin, and joining me is a special co-host, and uh, I'll go ahead and let her introduce herself. I am Jennifer Ann, and I have my own podcast called The Caravan Library of Lore, and I really appreciate you letting me do this with you. Oh, no problem. What do you uh, discuss on The Library of Lore? (laughs) Um, a lot of cryptids and like Dogman, sometimes Sasquatch, uh, hauntings, um, sometimes UFO encounters or sightings, anything under the paranormal category. That's pretty fucking awesome. I know my listeners enjoy that kind of stuff, so that's always good. Um, so today we are going to be talking about the disappearance of Granger Taylor, which is not your ordinary disappearance because there's a really interesting backstory behind this. Uh, what did you think when, when I suggested, suggested this to you? Um, well, <laughs> hold on while I open this beer. <laughs> yeah. There it goes. There it goes. Um, I was really fascinated by it. I like that it has both our subjects in it. So you've got your disappearance and I've got my aliens. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, it's really fascinating, especially the fact that there's not. Uh, I feel like it doesn't dive as deep as I wish it did. Yeah, there's there's limited information on this, unfortunately, but it's mm-hmm. still detailed enough and there's a lot of interesting theories out there and some cool little facts and stuff to where it's going to be a pretty cool episode. So with that, I guess we should probably get going here. And uh, Mm -hmm. Granger Taylor was born on October 7th, 1948 in Duncan, Vancouver Island, British Columbia. Uh, From all accounts, he had a pretty simple childhood with the exception is he had an extreme aptitude for engineering, mechanics, and machinery. He really wasn't one for school, though. It says he dropped out of school in the eighth grade. Mm-hmm. But um, by the age of 14, he had built a single-cylinder engine automobile. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if it still is, but it was housed in the Duncan Forest Museum because... It was probably the first time they'd ever seen anything like that, especially from a 14-year-old kid who oh, you know, yeah. dropped out of school in the eighth grade. And, That'd be uh, amazing. It would be, too. And uh, by the age of 17, he had rebuilt an old bulldozer. He, by the age of 17, he had pretty much gotten a job in like uh, machine shops and as mechanics because mm-hmm. he just naturally was gifted with 
you know, like I said, mechanics and machinery and how things worked. So they were more than willing to give him a job. And he found this old bulldozer that the old mechanics couldn't figure out how to fix. Mm -hmm. So they gave it to Granger and he ended up rebuilding it and uh, they, they let him keep it. He ended up using it later on to, to bulldoze some dense forest around his, around his house, around his parents' house anyway. And then uh, by his early 20s in 1969, while he was plowing out some of that dense forest with that bulldozer that he had rebuilt, he started finding parts scattered over a half a mile, half a mile radius. And they were parts from an old locomotive that had been rusted out and pretty much left there. Mm-hmm. And uh, he started either remachining a lot of these parts or just fix them to the point where they can be used. And he literally restored this thing and had it running within two years, which is fucking crazy. And then uh, actually another two years later, in 1973, the government bought it off of him and uh, put it on display at the British Columbia Forest Discovery Center. I'm so, uh, and again, I'm not sure if, you know, if it's still on display there or not. I really mm-hmm. loved the part where um, the the site where the overgrown yard was that was riddled with the old tractors and the bulldozer and the train. Uh, they named it Sleepy Hollow Museum. Yeah. <laughs> that was Seriously really cool. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's. I don't know. Everything like pictures and descriptions of this place, uh, this area of British Columbia, first of all, looks beautiful. Second of all, it looks wild as fuck, like dense, you know, forest, mountains, you know, mm-hmm. lakes and rivers. But, you know, before we, I guess we get into, you know, some of the latter part of the story, Granger Taylor always wanted to advance himself. Like he kept wanting to challenge himself over and over. So after he had literally built a single cylinder car by hand from spare parts laying around his yard and that he had found and picked up and stuff, he decides, you know, to go and do that locomotive. He did that within two years, restored it, got it running, and the government bought it off of him. But then he goes and he gets, you know, this is in 1969, his early 20s. He goes and gets his pilot's license. And what he does is he goes and uses the money from the locomotive and he buys a Kitty Hawk warplane that was pretty much scrapped out and junk. Well, then he goes and restores this damn thing. And uh, in I, it said 1981, but I don't think that's right because he actually disappeared in 1980. Mm-hmm. So all we really know is that the plane did end up selling for $20,000 and it was while Granger was still alive because his parents put $10,000 in the bank for him and then let him keep the other 10,000 in cash. And, you know, as we get further down the timeline, you know, we'll see what happens with that $10,000. But do you want to touch base on what he starts constructing next? So after that, he ended up building a, wasn't it? It was like a little UFO apartment. Yeah, pretty much. It was, it was a fucking, (laughs) it was really cool how he did it though. He, he used the old eighties satellite dishes. Mm -hmm. Um, He had one on the top. He used to have one. (laughs) I know, so did I. Those things were freaking huge. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, yeah, he put one on the top. And uh, one on the bottom, he had the thing on stilts Mm -hmm. and he put, uh, you know, sheet metal around it. And Mm -hmm. why don't you tell us about the the inside? I mean, it was pretty much a bachelor pad. Did you do you know what he had inside of that thing? Yeah, um, I believe that he had a television and a couch and a wood burning stove. (laughs) Yeah. So he was he was decked out. He was ready to go. And then didn't he spent most of his time in there as well? Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the things that I noticed. Like I I didn't really find it odd, but Mm -hmm. I mean, it is kind of odd, you know, like he literally pretty much lived in that thing. Okay. So if you're living at home with your parents and you've got your own job or your own company, I think is what he 
had after his one year apprenticeship that he did. You're wanting that independence and you're and you're fascinated with this. I mean, how cool would it be to be really into these things and then you build one and then you live in it? I mean, I guess it's not so weird because I could see myself living in one <laughs> instead of I mean, my parents' yeah. house. Yeah, and this would probably I'm probably gonna use that picture as yeah. my picture for the episode. It's cool. Because it's really fucking cool. But mm-hmm. at the same time, you know, this dude's getting into his mid-20s and late-20s and early-30s. And he's still living at home, but pretty much out in the backyard in a fucking UFO that he had built that's on stilts. But the thing about it is, is he starts getting obsessed with how UFOs are powered. And he starts getting all these books about nothing more than just theoretical physics on how UFOs are probably, you know, able to fly interstellar, just random books like this. And he just, he literally from all accounts, like his friends and even his parents, they said they're like, he became obsessed with figuring out how a UFO is actually powered and able to travel, you know, through space and, he ends up getting uh, pretty much obsessed with this. And at one point in time, there's one night and uh, the date is unspecified. One of his friends, Nielsen says that Granger comes up to him and confides in him. And he says that one night while he's laying on his couch in his UFO and he's sitting there thinking you know, about how this thing works and how he's going to be able, you know, how he might be able to get it to, to fly. He says that he is communicated with by an extraterrestrial telepathically Mm -hmm. that is from beyond the Milky way. And this extraterrestrial tells him that UFO flights are magnetically powered. And that's all that, the the voice would tell him so he starts pursuing that and then a couple of days after that and he gets that voice from what he says is an extraterrestrial contacting him telepathically again and what he does is he tells his friend nielsen again that this extraterrestrial had telepathically invited him on a trip but he couldn't tell anyone about it. Mm. He said they w- it would be a 42-month trip through the cosmos to basically show him mm-hmm. all of everything, you know, that he ever wanted to know about how UFOs worked and all this stuff. Mm. And he says that he can't tell anybody and that he will he will contact him on the day. And uh, he would tell him where to meet after he did contact him on that day or at least give him a little bit of time in advance. You know, and there's no real report on what Nielsen said about this, you know, until after the fact, until Granger ends up disappearing. But, you know, he really didn't tell anybody about it because, you know, personality-wise, um, do you want to touch a little bit on Granger's personality, maybe? You know, as for his personality, um, as far as I know, or what I found out, was that he he just kind of was an outcast and that he didn't really fit in with everybody. And he ended up going down the road of, you know, using LSD. And yeah. a thought that popped in my head, though, was that as somebody who who talks about spirituality and, and paranormal stuff and how channeling can be a possibility and there are people that really believe they are are channeling other beings and and talking to entities that are out there in space it's hard to discern who you're really speaking to so let's say by the end of this between his own emotional issues, the LSD use, and then whatever's going on with him spiritually. He may have been led to believe that these 
entities were really going to take him on a trip, but then found out that they weren't. That's another idea of why it might, why he may have been pushed over the edge. So basically what happens is a week before his supposed departure, um, he was, I believe it was a Saturday, November 29th. I've actually heard the 29th and the 28th, but I do know it was a Saturday evening. Uh, is when he was last seen. But the week before, he gets all of his friends for a going away party because he knows his departure is coming up within the next week. So him and all his buddies go out and have a great time. And, you know, I mean, we'll touch on that, like, little going away party, I guess, a little bit in the theories when we start, you know, discussing what might have happened. But right. You know, and and everything went great. Like all accounts from his friends and witnesses said, dude, he was having a great time. It was he treated it as a going away party. And then he goes in on a uh, what is it? Well, the Friday evening, basically on the 28th, he Mm -hmm. goes in and he tells his stepfather You know, he walks into his room and he tells his stepfather that he loves him and he appreciates everything that he's done for him and everything like that. And uh, the next day, I believe on the 29th, uh, he's seen at a place called Bob's Grilled about 6 p.m. And he is seen there by a waitress and uh, he ends up leaving at about 6.30 p.m. That was the last time that he was ever seen alive he was 32 years old this was 1980 but he did leave behind a note do you want to read us the note actually so the note read dear mother and father i have gone away to walk aboard an alien spaceship as reoccurring dreams assured a 42 month interstellar voyage to explore the vast universe then return i am leaving behind all my possessions to you as I will no longer require the use of any. Please use the instructions in my will as a guide to help. Love, Granger. That was That's it. Tough. On the, it is. On the back of that note, there was a topographical map of a Waterloo Mountain. As for the instructions in the will, we could not find anything on no. what the will said, any information on it, so we don't know. I think that that would really be a key, knowing kind of where he was at in his head yeah. on what, you know, and then just like that energetic feeling too. And then there was also a part in it where in the will, death was scratched out and departed or departured Mm -hmm. was written in. It's really intriguing because there's so many ways that you can go. And basically what happened was after four years Uh, He was, I believe, legally declared dead, I think. His parents literally left the back door unlocked for 42 months waiting for him to come home. Man, I don't know why, but that just breaks my heart. Like, did you see a picture of his parents? I did not see the picture of his parents. They are like the sweetest old people you've ever seen. And it's just like that breaks my heart because they literally... That's what they said in in various interviews that I did read is that they left the back door unlocked for 42 months waiting for him to come home. And he never did. And and I can understand that, though. I mean, for real. Yeah. You just you don't want to believe that your child is gone and you have this time period of 42 months. And so you're like, okay, this is what he said and this is what we'll do. And then you've got that hope until day 43. But then. Month 43. <laughs> but but even after that, if you've held on that long, I would assume that you'd, you'd still hold on even a little bit longer. And then, you know, again, jumping ahead, I think that that's another reason why the, the bone fragments were not finally looked at. Yeah, before we get into the bone fragments, basically what happens is in March of 1986... A couple of loggers find a blast site, and they found pieces of a of a vehicle, like metal shrapnel, and they ended up finding two human 
Well, they found two pieces of bones that pathologists confirmed were human. And supposedly, uh, they found a VIN number to the Datsun truck that uh, Granger drove. Now, the VIN number, them finding the VIN number is totally unconfirmed, which really bothers me. But they never did any testing on the bones. All they did was find out whether or not they were human, and they automatically assumed that they were Granger's. You know, there's various reasons for thinking that, but I guess from there, I guess let's kind of step into some theories and, and talk about some facts. And I guess, uh, do you want to start on the suicide theory first? With the suicide theories, I, I mean, there, there's several that you can say from the one that I mentioned just a little bit ago with the fact that he was so into this channeling and this thought process and then to be let down so much you know it can it can push him over the edge but then the other part of it was that he maybe he just got bored because he had advanced so much mechanically that it just topped out at this whole ufo thing and if you're already an outcast you're you're struggling with that and you're putting everything into your mechanics and, you know, you're bigger and you're better and then you top out. And then you're mixing in with your, you know, drug use. Mm-hmm. You may just sit there and go, there's there's nothing left for me. I did it all or I achieved it all. Well, touching, touching on the drug use, uh, where she's getting that is Granger Taylor smoked a little bit of pot. All right. And... A lot of people say, well, that's probably why he was hearing voices from aliens. I disagree with that. But honestly, people, (laughs) I mean, for fuck's (laughs) sake, honestly. But another thing is he had started using LSD very heavily a couple of months before all this started happening. And it was heavy enough. He was using it a couple of times a day. I mean, the dude had disposable right. cash that that twenty thousand dollars, you know, he had 10 grand still in the bank that was untouched when he left. Most right. of his ten thousand dollars that his parents let him keep was mm-hmm. not taken with him when he disappeared and not taking any money. See, if you were going to restart your life and put about this elaborate disappearance thing, you would take some cash, I would think. Uh, You would think so. And that was one of the, you know, the suicide theory, you know, I can kind of see it because, I mean, let's, Mm -hmm. I guess, put it into perspective. You know, from most of his 20s, you never really heard anything about Granger, but he was still a 32-year-old guy that was living at home in his, pretty much in his backyard, his parents' backyard in a fucking spaceship that he had built. The (laughs) sad thing is. Well, the sad thing is, is the guy had a social life. He had friends, you know, and he only had, he didn't have very many, but all, you know, honestly, like this place isn't a hugely populated area either. Right. But he was six foot three, 240 pounds. He was a big guy and he was kind of an outcast. And just, just for Anna over in Sweden here, because she, she specifically messaged me and asked me to convert metric. (laughs) Oh. <laughs> it's 190.5 centimeters and 109 kilograms. All right. Mm. So like he was a large guy and he, you know, he probably was kind of an outcast because I'm not even going to lie. Like the dude was pretty much a genius when it came to mechanics and engineering and machinery and how stuff worked. And that's undeniable, but. You know, something might not have been right with him, you know, and even his buddy, his one buddy, uh, what's his name? Keller. One of his buddies, Keller said, well, you know, about, you know, a couple weeks before he had mentioned the UFO thing, Mm -hmm. you know, he said, you know, if I ever wanted to disappear, I'd just grow a beard and move to another country and nobody would ever see me again. Mm -hmm. So, right. I it's it's really 
it's really hard to, you know, touch on, I guess. With like mm-hmm. the the leaving versus suicide. What are your thoughts? It's hard. Um sometimes I get a really clear feeling and I just go, no, this this makes sense to me in this way. This is one of those cases that it's really hard for me to have that clear path as best as I can put it, if it'll make sense. Energetically, it's just really quiet. So to me, that doesn't, it doesn't say that he left and started this new life. It's quiet because he's just no longer here on earth in some way. Um, Mm -hmm. And I lean more towards the suicide just because I mean, sure, there's lots of evidence of of aliens and um, UFOs. Well, I guess I should say supposed evidence that people Mm -hmm. take as, you know, fact or that, you know, they say, well, I'm not just a believer. I'm a knower. So there's something behind it for sure. Um, I I will say this, though. This area right here specifically mm -hmm. had a huge, like, UFO sighting you know, stuff going on. But this area in particular is known for UFO sightings. And that's reported by various people, right? not just Granger Taylor. So, I mean, that does mm-hmm. add a little bit of interest to it. You know, it's got a higher elevation, you know, mm-hmm. it's, you know, where his truck was supposedly found. And, and here's the thing too, like the, the map on the back of his note to his parents, Mm-hmm. He drew what is called Waterloo Mountain. Mm-hmm. And there's this trail that runs to the north. Um, I'm not exactly sure how long uh, the the distance is, but we're going through like two mountain, two or three mountain ranges here. And you have two various reports that his truck is found or parts of his truck are found on Mount Sicker. And mm-hmm. then the other reports say, Mount Pervost or Prevost, Mount Prevost. So the thing about it is, is those two mountains are right side by side. And they think that the truck, the blast site where his truck, parts of his truck were found that were supposedly his VIN number were like right Mm -hmm. in between there. So that could account for the varying, you know, mountains that were named and where is parts of his vehicle were found. Right. And, you know, that it's really weird because the trail goes to the north and then it literally 180 degree turns back around, going back the direction he came to about a halfway point. And then that's where is the, you know, the parts of this vehicle are found. And Mm -hmm. like, you know, they said they found the VIN number, Mm -hmm. but that's not confirmed. You know, I read that. Yeah, go ahead. Well, another kind of crazy, just, I don't know, thought that popped in my head is, let's say with his mechanical genius and if he did somehow channel something, I don't know how the government works over there, but wouldn't it be a crazy thought if he actually did get really close to figuring out the mechanics of a UFO to the point where he could, like, you know build it or or draw the blueprints whatever and they caught wind of it and so then they killed him and then they placed you know stuff around and they're just like oh yeah this is him and that's just how it is and and that's that's the that's the thing though is the in i agree with you 100 percent because the vin number is not confirmed by anybody it was literally right. in one newspaper article and who that was a it? tiny little clip. Exactly. Nobody knows who found it. Nobody knows who matched the VIN number. And even in one report, the truck was a different color than what he actually drove. And right. Yeah. One said pink. And I think the other one said like blue, I think. Mm-hmm. But the thing about right. it is too, is the reason it was a quote unquote blast site is because, you know, people think he committed suicide by blowing himself up mm-hmm. because Granger used to carry dynamite with him because when he was clearing out those dense wooded areas, right, he would blow 
stumps out of the ground using dynamite, mm-hmm. you know, and that kind of goes in with an accidental type yeah. thing as well. Because um, as luck would have it, the south face of Mount Sicker, where the parts of this vehicle were found and the two bones that were confirmed by a pathologist to be human. I will say that that is true, Mm -hmm. but they've never done any further testing to prove whether or not it was Granger's bones. They just literally assumed it. They said, well, these have to be his. So they're his. Mm -hmm. And that, that was it. But the, the South, the South face of that mountain uh, it has a Doppler radar installation, and it's really, really crazy. I mean, it's it's gated. Uh, you know, it says it's gated under video surveillance and fenced. Now, I don't know about video surveillance back in 1980. I think this is a more, you know, a, a newer, you know, assessment of the area. But right. but it has this huge radar dome, and it says there's multiple transmitters on that south face so Mm -hmm. it kind of you know i'm very skeptical about alien abduction type shit right but it's just really interesting that of all the places this is where he went Mm -hmm. his vin numbers were never confirmed was in one tiny little newspaper article you know Mm -hmm. and they had originally messed up the color of his truck. They never did further testing on the bones to, to prove that they were his. Right. So I don't know. It just kind of adds to the fun speculation, I guess you could say. It's too bad there isn't or aren't any descendants. Well, well, he does. I mean, he would... had he had two sisters, I believe. And I mean, right. one of his sisters even said before he left, you know, he had asked to move in with her and her roommates, you mm. know, in their place. Cause he kind of, she said that he kind of felt bad that he was still around the house, oh, you know? Yeah. And, uh, she told him, you know, that she's like, well, I don't think my roommates would approve, so I can't really let you stay. And I mean, it huh. was not very long after that, that he did disappear, but man, I mean, that kind of adds more to, the feeling feeling bad yeah i've not wanted Um, and all that exactly but the question is where the bone fragments now because look at how far we've come in analyzing stuff and dna you know you know and that's the thing i don't get either like his sisters you know they would be older you know they would Mm-hmm. You know, if he was born in 48, I think they might have been, I'm not sure if they were his older or younger sisters, but I heard he had two. They'd be in their, what, 70s? Yeah, they'd probably be in like their early 70s, depending on when they were born, 60s or 70s, I guess, but. Right. I don't know. It's but they just, could give permission, like if, if it yes. was still around somehow, they could. Yeah. That's just crazy and, to me. And that's the thing. All you but, hear is that they found bones. And mm-hmm. a pathologist tested them and said they were human. They were two small bone fragments. And mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, if he did accidentally or purposely blow himself up, you know, you're mm-hmm. not going to find much, you know, and especially a fucking Datsun right. pickup truck. Like for him being <laughs> as big yeah. of a guy as he was, I don't understand uh-huh. why he wouldn't use some of that money to buy a bigger vehicle because that is a small truck. That's like an S10 or a Ranger sized. Isn't there something said about the? I, I mean, hopefully, I don't offend anybody by saying this, but isn't there something said about people that are really smart or you know they're geniuses where they have this crazy knowledge about some certain subject, but then they lack kind of like common sense. Yes. Yes. You know, so maybe he was just kind of, maybe he just didn't think of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, you're not offending anybody. I mean, it's like a proven fact, you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, (laughs) you know, it's, and it's not like that with everybody, but it does happen. And, you know, one of the other things that I, that came to my mind was like, maybe, you know, some form of like minor autism, not like, 
right. you know, the full bore. I don't know. It's just, it's super intriguing how smart this guy was. Like he literally was born to make things and right. he proved it time and time and time again from a very early age. But mm-hmm. I don't know. The LSD thing kind of bothers me. It kind of, you know, it's like, Hey, you know, what is this? This dude's using LSD. Well, and how to get into day. it. Exactly. And that's, that's one thing I wondered too, because nobody ever really says like all his friends. And, you know, I think one of his sisters was like, yeah, you know, he was using, you know, some, some acid like twice a day and, you know, and it's like, well, what the hell is he trying to escape from? What reality is or, he trying to go from? I mean, if you want to get crazy and go with the government theory, you could also say that there was somebody that was sent to be in his life that influenced him in a way of, hey, let's do this together. You know, hey, try this. Hey, it'll get you closer to whatever. And it led him down this road yeah. of trusting only yeah. to end up being murdered in the end. Exactly. Exactly. And that's the thing too. If somebody had would have murdered him, like mm-hmm. he was known to be a strong guy and he right. was very big and burly. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it would have taken more than one person. I would, I would like to assume unless somebody shot, you know, would shoot him or something like that. But he was um, even before all this, he was all about going like alone. He wouldn't he'd never told anybody where he was going. I don't know. Had it's he just, told them where he had been though? So if he mm-hmm. had a place that he would normally go and he he told somebody this information, they would know where to find him. Yeah, that's true. No, yeah, it's like I mean, super interesting. Of- yeah. And there's like it's fun because I mean it's not fun because this was a guy and like if you look yeah. up some pictures and like I said, I'll, you know, my cover photo for this episode will be his flying saucer. Or, mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, his little apartment is pretty much exactly <laughs> what it was. Yeah. You know, but I mean, his parents just look like the sweetest old couple and you can tell they went, you know, they were through the ringer. It's really weird, though, too. Actually, I just just remember this fact. Um the night that he disappeared, they were said in that area, the weather, they said they oh. had hurricane force winds. Right. And there were a shitload of power lines that were down. So it was completely black everywhere. It was right. blacked out. I found that really interesting. Just like on this particular day when this guy, not yeah, I mean, you can't even question the fact that he's a genius. Yeah. You know, says that, you know, these interstellar beings are coming to pick him up and take him for a trip for 42 months. You know, I mean, even if they did, what if he didn't want to come back? Maybe he was like, you know what? I don't belong here. I don't fit in, you know, and that could tie in with the running away and the suicide theory. But I don't really think the running away theory Mm -hmm. is... I don't know, as good as some of the other ones, just because of the fact, the simple phrase, wherever you go, there you are. Mm. You know, if he didn't feel welcomed on this planet, you know, and accepted by people around him when he was with his family and friends, then why would he assume that it would be any better anywhere else with perfect, you know, with strangers? Unless it was just that not fitting in and then all of a sudden thinking that you fit in with this other being, that they understand you better and that they have more to offer. Um, Question, though. Yeah, what's up? Was the storm... Okay, when he went out to eat, Mm -hmm. what was the storm like at that point? I don't think it was bad because the one thing that the lady in the restaurant said that was actually a friend of his. Uh-huh. Um, she said that he left his jacket when he okay. did leave. Like he specifically said, you know, I won't need this, you know, or he didn't mm-hmm. say it, but that was kind of right. the, the thing. Like, I won't need this where, where I'm going. And as we know, in November, I'm going to go ahead and safely assume that in, <laughs> You know, British Columbia, it's going to be pretty cooler. fucking chilly outside. Yeah. 
and he did leave that behind. So it's, you know, it's really, really well, weird. If you're okay. So if later on he drove mm-hmm. wherever and he took LSD and then the storm got bad, your trip could make you think that the storm is actually them. That's true. That's very true. So I did not uh, take that into consideration, but um, I don't know. I'm, if I had to say anything, mm-hmm. I don't know. General assessment here. If I had to say anything, I would probably lean more towards an accident. I think, right. like with the weather and the power out dynamite that he used to carry yeah. with him regularly. Yeah. I think something happened, and I can't say for sure that that was his truck or those are his bones. I wish they would do some fucking testing on him and just lay this thing to rest. I want to know what the will says. Right. Um, if that stuff even exists anymore. I mean, I'm exactly. sure that the will does. I, I would think so. I have a feeling that the pieces of truck or bone are gone. And that's the, yeah. Because, dude, DNA advances, man. Like, they uh-huh. could test his, they could exhume one of his parents' fucking pinky toes, confirm a match. Well, and same thing with his sisters. They could swab yeah, her fucking cheek. Yeah, you know, exactly. Not that not that hard, but mm-hmm. I just don't understand. Like they say there's all this evidence to confirm that this is what happened, but but they didn't it's not confirmed and it's not yeah. officially done and nobody knows where the shit is now. Mm. So it's it's super weird. What's uh what's your thought on it? Um final thought. I can definitely feel the accident to where he was just maybe tripping and thought, oh my gosh, it's time, they're here, and then does something crazy and and accidentally. But it seems like at the same time, a lot would have to go wrong for him to, okay, so he's on LSD, and then he gets in the storm, and then he blows himself up. And it's just like, that's a lot to line up, especially for somebody that's, you know, tripping. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's Um, a lot to take in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I almost want to say that because I can't feel a specific thing, I wonder, I wonder the most about the about the government side of it and why it's not confirms the stuff now. So I think that nobody's pursued it. Yeah, Yeah. nobody's pursued it since 1986. Mm Why? Exactly. And it's, you know, I mean, even after um, 1984, when he didn't return, Mm -hmm. I mean, his parents actively, they didn't have much money. They would post like a hundred dollar reward for any kind of information or anything like that, you know, randomly in the newspapers. Mm -hmm. And I mean, nothing came forward and all, all his friends, everybody that knew him came forward and said everything that they knew, you know? So, I mean, we got a fairly good timeline, but. You know, after um, after he left that, you know, Bob's Grill, you know, mm-hmm. it's 630. Nobody knows. I wonder if the documentary that's coming out kind of new information, because I would hope that if you're doing a documentary that you would really push for that evidence and really try to get that permission to. Yeah. And ironically, and stuff. Yeah, and ironically enough, you sent me that link today. When is that supposed to come out? You know, I'm not sure, but it was published in April. So just, you know, a couple months so, ago. Yeah, so good. if it's not out, it should be soon, right? Exactly. All the listeners out there, keep your eyes peeled for that if you're interested. It's super. Yeah. It's a super interesting case just because of the backstory. And, you know, was he crazy? Did he have some mental illness? Was he just tripping really, really hard all the time? Because the guy was a legitimate genius and he knew Mm -hmm. what the hell he was doing. So I think if, you know, just a random dude with that area of a concentrated history of extreme UFO activity reported by various people over the course of 20 and 30 years, if right. anybody could figure out how to do it or make that contact, I think it would be Granger. I mean, I can see that. 
or figure out. I, you know, I mean, that's not my personal theory, but well, you know, I, I hate to rule anything out because I, I personally don't think that we're alone in this universe. I think it's a little bit narrow minded oh, to think that we are the most advanced species in, in all of the galaxies. Like that's no, mm-hmm. <laughs> no, you know what I'm saying? Oh, like people God. get shot over fucking shoes. We are not advanced. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree there. That's, <laughs> that's some crazy stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah. One idea though, too, is like, did he have any kind of a radio CB or what are, what are they where you can listen to the truckers and stuff? Well, and not that I heard of, but that's the thing too is, is where his truck was found was that, Mm -hmm. that Doppler radar installation that had, you know, all those radio transmitters. Well, when did that get put in? You know what? That's very good point. Because maybe, because the other thought is, let's say he had some type of a transmitter radio in his little UFO. That's how I think that he could have tried to connect with them somehow. I mean, with his Mm -hmm. mechanical genius, he'd be able to figure that out for sure. But I don't see, it's weird to also add in the channeling, the spiritual mind speak between him and these, these outer beings. I, it would, it would make more sense if he picked them up on a radio. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And that's, that's the one thing is his one friend, uh, Nielsen, you know, kept saying Mm -hmm. is that, you know, he specifically said they talked to him telepathically or whatever. So it's hard telling. Well, it'd be interesting to get more, information from his friend just as who he was as a person and not necessarily like like leave the case for a little bit and just talk about him and who he was on a daily basis you know yeah for sure and dude that's the thing everybody who knew him like loved him they called him gentle ben because he was Um, the big teddy bear yep because he was just just a big gentle super nice guy you know, but I think in Granger's own mind, he just didn't fit in. He just, I don't think he had too many people to talk about. I mean, he did all this stuff by himself. Everything that he built and made, he did by himself, Mm. which Mm. is just crazy. Another thought too would be, um, or a question, I guess, have they had any handwriting analysis done on the note because i've heard that you can you know get a lot of information on how they were feeling or by the way they wrote exactly and you know that was another thing that you know got brought into question is you know like the whole suicide theory i really i'm not really cool with because i mean the guy arranged a going away party for himself because he believed that strongly that he would be going on that, that journey. You know, he made it a point to tell his stepfather, you know, Hey, I appreciate everything that you've done for me. I love you. And this, and and probably one of the, another heartbreaking part about it is that his mom wasn't home when he did that. So she didn't even get to see him like the last couple of days that he was around. So at the same time with this whole going away party, it could have been in a, I mean, I like to kind of jump out there and, and do, I play with the what if it's what I do on my podcast too. So I'm just going to throw it out there. No, do it. Um, the going away party could have been his way to say goodbye to everybody because he had already made that choice to kill himself. And that's true. And I mean, I don't. I'm think not trying he... to push that theory. I'm just, no, you know, no. there's all sorts of. No, that's what it's all about, though, is that we don't know what happened. All we have are theories. Like, I'm not going to listen to somebody tell me that this was his body and this was his truck when you can't fucking provide me with any evidence. I'm sorry. You know, I'm not <laughs> right. just going to believe what you tell me. I don't know. It's just a crazy, crazy case. And. What's uh well I guess mm. um do you have anything else to add? No. 
not in this case. Um, a final thought and comment, though, is yeah, I saw on it. your Instagram that you were going to uh, do an upcoming witchcraft episode. So uh, keep me posted on that because I'm really looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I got one coming up. I've actually been wanting to do it since I started this podcast two years ago. Really? Yeah. I've kept putting it off because um, I started getting into the early on. I was really into the unsolved crimes, which I still am. Mm-hmm. But um, this is a personal one for me. So um, I'm not going to say what it is because it's probably about six, five to six weeks down the road. Um, mm-hmm. I have got a co-host for it who is very knowledgeable in this and mm-hmm. She has already started her research. I gave her a good head start. It's not so much about the practice of witchcraft that I will be covering, but a person. Uh It's uh, pretty fucking interesting. I'm pretty sure everybody's going to dig it. Because, I mean, just the story Um, itself is interesting. But me and my co-host are going to confirm and deny certain facts of what the story contains so why don't you uh tell everybody where they can find you uh you know in oregon <laughs> yeah, in the pacific northwest hanging out with, in the united states um aliens right in the pacific northwest. <laughs> um everybody can find me um at the caravan of lore we've got our own websites just the caravan of lore.com and we're also on Facebook. We, and we have a Facebook group. And we're on Instagram and Twitter. And everything's just flat out the Caravan of Lore. Cool. So, and where we do our episodes, we try to do our episodes every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Pacific Standard Time. <laughs> Specific. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Specific time. <laughs> Specific time. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I can't thank you enough for joining me. I appreciate it. Mm, I'm glad it's such you, an honor uh, to be on here with you. Thank you. Oh, it shouldn't be. I'm a fucking shit show over here, but. <laughs> oh, I love it. You are. No, you're fantastic. And I absolutely <laughs> love the show that you produce. And so, yeah, it's wonderful. Well, thank you. Well, I'm I'm glad you enjoy it. And I'm glad you agreed to come on. I know you're a busy parent as, as am I. So I totally understand that. And. So I appreciate you you taking time out doing the episode with me and I hope you had a good time. I did. I I would love to to do it again or eventually. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Either way, I'll come on. I'll come on your show or you can come on mine again. We'll figure something out. Yeah. Perfect. I look forward to it. All right, then. Well, I suppose I will talk to you later and um, I will see you all. You other folks on the flip side.